Okay, uh, again, uh, questions. Uh, try and keep them as brief, as brief as you can, and you'll take your place at the mic. Who wants to go first? Hi, my name is uh, Knut Peterson. Thanks for coming, Randy, and uh, very interesting topic, I think, for many of us. Uh, some of us will, or many of us might be at that age in a few years when we can join the senior center, maybe. <laughs> as, as I look across the crowd, it looks like most of you would be eligible. <laughs> but anyway, my question is, uh, many of us, of course, is busy, have busy lives, even though we are of age to join. Uh, what would happen if we all of a sudden decided to join everybody? What, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, if we all of a sudden doubled the people that wanted to join? Well, I, I indicated to you that we're estimating about uh, two-thirds of the people. Of, of, we only really are catering to about a third of those people. And two-thirds of the, of the citizenry is finding their support and, and socialization elsewhere. Some of them might be in this room, and this might be an important part of, of your social uh, programming, your weekly activity. Should Our goal, of course, would be to get to as many seniors as possible and have them belong to either center. And, uh, and it's important that they do that if they really feel that uh, the senior centers can play a role in encouraging government to do the right thing in terms of seniors. And so, but, but to have, the, the, as our membership grows, our costs go up. So uh, we'll, we'll wrestle with that. But I don't know how we would, it would cost us. Well, no, one of the things is, if, if you look at the numbers that, that Randy showed you earlier, is that our numbers, when our our membership fees went up, our mem membership numbers went down. So if all of you decided to join, we'd probably get back up to the numbers we were a couple of years ago. So, well, we can handle you, Canute. <laughs> Next question, please. I want to thank both centers for the marvelous job you do and all the opportunities you present. Um, being on the leading edge of the baby boomers, I'm really sorry that the fitness centers don't have outside access so that there's longer hours. Um, and I guess also, just generally, I would like a more leisurely morning at home and then stay out till 8 or 9 at night rather than close up at 4 o'clock. So um, just wondered what the maximum occupancy is in the fitness center at any one time. Uh, the new Norbridge Fitness Facility will accommodate, I think, 22 individuals at any one time. And it is developed in such a way as we, that we could, in fact, open that wing of the building up at night. And our board has had discussion about the possibility of doing that. Uh, and I don't think it would be that remote to think that that might happen. I think we kind of wanted to get our feet wet and understand how how it worked before we uh, branched out. One of the other things that happening in our fitness room is we're having lots of seniors come to us and say, can my daughter, that's 45 years old, come with me and utilize the facility with me? And uh, so our board discussed uh, a mechanism to put in place to allow us to uh, lower the threshold for family members of, of our association. 
and uh, uh, we're just in the process of articulating that verbally, and we'll be introducing that to the community shortly. Our fitness center can accommodate about 24 people comfortably. Um, we've had brief discussions about opening our doors after uh, after 4:30, and as yet, we, there's some liability issues for us because of where our center is located versus where the Norbridge one is. Norbridge has a direct access to the outside. We don't. We have to go all the way upstairs and around the corner and down the hallway. So um, that that's something we could possibly look at in the future. Uh, I think even more so is to look at opening the entire center longer hours. If we get more people that want to come and uh, engage in activities in the early evening, uh, late afternoon, um, certainly we'd have to look at that in order to accommodate their needs in the future. Thank I you should, very much. Okay. I should say that we do do some evening programming, but we limit it to our building can be divided down into th basically three cells or three areas. And uh, so our east end is opened up sometimes in the evening and west end for some programs. But as the demand for that heightens, we will try to address that. Okay, good question. I forgot to mention, if you would please uh, mention your name for the record, please. I was going to do that. <clears throat> Bev Mundell-Atherstone, thank you very much for your putting together all these numbers for us. And um, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's problematic for you to say it straight about what the municipality is doing or not doing, or what the the Alberta government is doing or not doing, or the federal government. Uh, I think it's a crying shame. <clears throat> but I'd like to ask you, um, in regard to the membership fee that you're ask you're you're currently. Uh, uh, asking for the forty-six dollars, is that right? About forty-five, forty-six dollars. Forty-five. Yes. Is that means tested in any way, or what happens with uh, people who really can't afford it? Because you mentioned that some of the people, your numbers dropped off. Okay. Um, it, it's no, we don't have any kind of means test at at Norbridge, but what we do do, and it's kind of quiet and subtle, as we become aware that people might have a financial need, and uh, uh, that would not prevent us from opening our doors to those individuals. Basically, what we would do is try to find someone to sponsor that membership and pay that membership, and, and I'm aware of that happening quite regularly. So, But uh, LSCO is, maybe I'll let Rob speak to how they've addressed that issue, but yes, uh, as as fees have gone up, the uh, it, it has impacted us. But uh, we were driven to uh, push fees up, uh, particularly by uh, city city administration and council members who were saying, you know, our fees were an inhibitor to any additional support of us. So, thank you. So what we've done at LSEO is um, a little bit different. Is we were. Um, uh, both our centers were given some money from the plus 55 games that were in Lethbridge last year. They had a surplus, yes. miraculously, and they were generous enough to um, give some money to our centers because we hosted the bulk of the events. So what we were able to do at LSEO is, is we have a we have a three-tiered three kind of a member discount system. So if you volunteer so many hours, you get money off your membership fee. And if you, you um, engage in so many activities that costs so much, then you get a 
percentage off. And then we used some of the money that was given to us to set up a, a subsidy fund, and we're using the federal income guidelines. So if your income is at a certain level, you get a certain percent off um, for, for couples and, and singles. So we've actually, on one hand, yeah, we've introduced a, a bunch of different fees, um, but on the other hand, we've made it, I think, uh, more affordable for people that really need some help with the fees. Good, and I have a suggestion for you, rather than a question. Um, since you've mentioned that there's sort of a 3% increase per year, which is not covered by provincial funding, mm -hmm. there's a Alberta budget coming out on Tuesday, and I would recommend that the seniors demonstrate at the two senior centers with signs asking the government specifically for that 3% increase to make the point of aging in place that um, aging in place means prevention. Thanks. Okay, thank you for those comments. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, your suggestion is quite interesting, Bill, because one, one thing that, that seniors, I think, in Lethbridge and across the province don't understand is the political power of, of seniors. Seniors as a block vote, and they vote for every election. They vote for everything. And I think, I think it's incumbent upon us if we want some of the action that we really need and want for the for our target population, for the seniors in, in Lethbridge, is to um, um, mobilize and to educate seniors on the issues affecting seniors and to get seniors to vote on issues that are um, definitely things that are going to affect seniors. In fact, we even talked so far informally as running candidates supported by our senior community for city council, for provincial government, things like that. And I, and I think that way for sure... Um, seniors definitely wouldn't be forgotten. And that puts the fear into government like you wouldn't believe. Okay, next question. <clears throat> the brief and to the point, sir. Thank you. Uh, my name is Gordon. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I was getting back to him. <laughs> Thank you for your my, question. My name is Gordon Campbell. Thank you very much for the careful way in which you documented your presentation. It was very helpful. Thank you. Uh, and, and you have spoken on the issue that I wanted to talk to you, just one who ask a little bit more about it. Uh, seniors have political clout, no question about that. They turned around Mr. Klein when he went to the people for the, the, the uh, privatization issue of health care, uh, and uh, they said no, and it, he backed off from that. Where have the seniors been recently on the health care issues here in this city and in the province. For example, the decline of the long-term beds. That's a serious issue for, for, for seniors. The gradual swing of the whole health care orientation from a public responsibility to private for-profit operation. That's a huge concern for, for seniors of limited funding, which seniors many have. Where is there careful, good use of, of political action now that they demonstrated in the in previous votes, or have demonstrated in the past? Shouldn't you be telling Mr. Harper he ought to contribute substantially to this, to, to, to your operation? Shouldn't you be saying to, to this provincial government, the... the I've said enough of you. You know what I mean, what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
Maybe I will uh, try to respond to part of it. And, and about two and a half or three years ago, we had the Minister of Seniors here in Lethbridge, and Norbridge and LSCO sat down with the minister. Greg Melchin was his name at the time, and we told him what the issues were, and he just blew us off like we were nothing. He just uh, he didn't give us any kind of support. It's interesting. Uh, last Thursday. Uh, 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 minister Yablonski, Marianne Yablonski is the new minister of seniors, uh, came to Lethbridge. We had a meeting with her, our executive and uh, Rob and I, uh, with her. And uh, yes, yeah, she asked for the meeting and, and uh, she wanted to know what the issues were. And we provided her briefing on what we perceived them to be, some of which she indicated that they, could, they weren't in a fiscal position to respond to. But never once did I hear her say that they couldn't, as, as uh, the economy changes, that they w couldn't or wouldn't start to address some of the issues. So I agree with you. Uh, the, the largest political lobby in the United States is AARP. We have an organization in Canada called CARP. Uh, most of you probably aren't even members of CARP. Uh, Canadian Association of Retired Persons. But, but if we're really going to accomplish something, we need to work as big groups. And that's why we are forming, we've been such fractured little organizations. Norbridge has been worried about itself and not about the bigger picture. And LSCO likewise. And the forming the Southern Alberta Senior Center Coalition was really critical for us. And the minister started to listen. But could still say it was just a Southern Alberta issue. Well, now we're forming a provincial association, and the minister cannot say that to us. And uh, uh, this uh, tax, it's not, they're not calling it a tax, but it's a, a tax on seniors, the, uh, the uh, drug benefit program. Uh, that's, that, that's tragic what's happened there, and they know how we feel about it. And uh, we'll keep squeaking about it. And uh, we need all of you to belong to senior centers. And this maybe uh, addresses Knut's question. That's one of the reasons why if, if you're engaged elsewhere and you're comfortable, great. Keep doing it. But the senior centers need your membership. Because every time we go to government and we say we've got 1,300 members or 3,000 members, or 5,000 members, that really does mean something. So, thank you. Last, last election, um, just so people know, last election, um, um, the, all the candidates felt strong enough to come to Lethbridge to visit the senior center because of how close the vote was going to be in Lethbridge, especially Lethbridge West, right? So we had um, all the, the, sorry, the leaders from all the major parties, including the premier, was here at least for a couple, an hour or so. And so people know that. They do recognize, especially in Lethbridge, is, is a little bit different than some other um, jurisdictions. So we're getting there, Gordon. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, thank you very much, Gordon. <clears throat> and thanks for being brief. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, if you're going to be a good moderator, you've got to start on time and keep the questions succinct, and we're on to the next question. 
Hi, Anne Hatford. I belong to both centers and I have for years. Norbridge welcomed me many years ago when their admittance level was 55 and I was 58. <laughs> uh, what I want to mention is uh, there's a lot of things that non-members can attend. And they have different social groups and things like this. It costs you $5, musicians come and whatever. And if you look in your calendar, it's a way of coming in and finding out if you'd like to do that. Um, last month, Rob had made up, uh, what do we call them, free invitations uh, to different people. And maybe if we had those by the door or something like that, and you could come and visit whatever group you wanted to visit. So there's, there's the jam sessions at Norbridge on Monday morning. That's a fun thing. I think you charge $2 for that, don't you? For non-members. For non-members, yeah. $2 for non-members. And it's, non it's different things like this, and it's, it's good music. These guys know how to play. And, boy, if your feet aren't stomping by the time they finish, there's something wrong. <laughs> anyway, look into Take the Calendars Home. I'm a believer of supporting both centers. I have for a long time. And get yourself out the door. There's a lot of other people that are, you know, they're having a good time. Thank you. Well, thanks for those comments. Thanks. Was there? There's no question there, was there? So thank you for that comments. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Both centers were, were the same, and yet were a little bit different. So I would encourage you to stop by and and have a little tour of, of either of them or both of them, and go from there. So next question, please. Good afternoon. My name's Diana Williams, um, and I am a member of LSCO. I'll see you there occasionally. Um, we have rented the facility various times in the afternoon and the evening at the weekends. Uh, it didn't seem to appear on the um, charts. Now, maybe the north side, Norbridge, doesn't rent. Um, but uh, could that not be encouraged some more? It must be a moneymaker. Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, in our literature and things that we give out, and unfortunately, if you notice, I didn't have our things set up in the back. I was dealing with the auditor all morning. So any of you that have had to deal with auditors, it's, it's audit week at our place. So uh, sorry about that. I didn't bring any newspapers. Um, but but drop down, and um, Ann was saying about, um, we had a thing in the left of journal last month to bring in a, a little ticket that we had printed in there uh, for a, a member's rate for a meal or a, a drop-in to see one of our programs for non-members. Um, if you come in and, and you say that, you know, I told you to come in, you don't have the ticket, but you want to come in anyway, all you have to do is just give them your name and stuff, and then we'll give you a little visitor pass, and, and you'll be on your way. Randy, you yeah, want to talk in about term, rentals? In terms of Norbridge seniors, we do have considerable number of renters. And uh, just for your information, both long-term and short-term renters, and you would be a short-term renter, you'd come in for one event. Uh, our rental income amounts to 13.4% of our uh, total income picture at Norbridge. So so renters are important. We, uh, Our facilities are rented uh, almost every weekend and lots of uh, evenings even. So, yeah. Yeah, I think our rental income last year was about $40,000. So, we, and like you said, we do rent our rooms out. It's one of those things that we do, and Randy and I were talking about this. We don't, we don't tell our story as well as we should, and I think that's one of the things that we need to do better is to talk about the good things that we do and the, and the things that are, would be of interest to the community. So. Okay, thank you. Next question. Micah Cormican here, and uh, I'm the uh, 
current chair of Friends of Medicare Lethbridge chapter. So I just want to want to kind of underscore what uh, Gordon Campbell said there, as well as what um, um, Rob said as well about numbers. And the government do listen, as Randy knows. Um, they listen to the squeaky wheel. And if only for that reason, you guys have got to keep the pressure up. I'm a member, and I feel a bit guilty that I'm not involved, but I'm involved in too many things yet, as Randy suggested a lot of people are, uh, to uh, have enough time to get involved in it. But if only for that very reason, you need to exist, to exert, be another large pressure group on the government to force them to listen. I mean, we're going to have real problems. I also wanted to emphasize what Gordon said there, and I'm sorry I don't have the information on me, but I have uh, proof of this creeping privatization and the huge costs. Now, we guys are all coming up to that age where we're, you know, within 5, 10, 15, 20 years going to be needing some of these uh, DAL places, and you have to... Uh, you have to pay thousands of dollars just for a bed in one of those places. There's a whole list of, of uh, uh, costs, like everything from escorting. And I'm sorry, I, I really don't have a question. I just wanted to emphasize to everyone that this thing is happening. Uh, it's creeping privatization, and we need to be aware and to back it off. Okay? Very good. Thank you. You want to add a comment? No? You're good? Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Joseph Natuk. I just wanted to make an observation and suggestion. I, I was listening to the uh, the challenges of getting funding from the governments, various governments. One of the, as, as a previous public servant, one of the things that really works well is data. There are data that you can collect some data. And I'm throwing this challenge out to university, both the college and the university, to get some grad students and or students involved in helping us collect some of the information that would support the benefits of, of having seniors outlets like this so that they can uh, take it to the uh, to the various ministries and show them that there's really a benefit of having these kinds of places versus the cost of keeping them in, in institutions. So, uh, so your I, question is... Uh, well, I'm just you, making up there's, there's no yeah. question. I'm just saying, oh, okay. I'm just throwing a challenge out to the... Okay, because uh, Rob, I think, has a Thank question you. answer for that. Um, Randy talked about us forming a provincial uh, organization of of seniors organizations. And one of the things that we talked about in our last meeting in Edmonton was um, self-funding some research on the, the, the real tangible benefits of seniors organizations for, their, for the members. And what we would do is frame it in the government's own um, departmental goals. So if goal X for health is such and such, we wanted to actually illustrate how the senior centers in the province would support that, that goal. And, and I actually did something with that the Department of Seniors and Community Supports to show that one of their goals, like I said earlier, is for seniors um, to be supported in, in wellness activities in the community or something like that, which they're not supporting us to do. So, and we've, we actually had a discussion about that. That's great. So Thank you're you. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, thanks. I don't see any politicians here today. They're probably busy doing something, but I did visit them all. And um, I, I can say that in the last six months, Something is happening, and they come around quite regularly, and they have meetings to both our facilities uh, that they never did before. So that's, that's encouraging. I, I've been at Norbridge for 13, 12 or 13 years, and it seems like uh, every time we have an election for the six or eight months leading up to the election, we know everyone. 
they all come in. I can think of some of our uh, local municipal council members that, uh, gee, they came to see us quite a few times, and I haven't seen them since the last uh, municipal election. <laughs> and we're going to have one again this fall, so we should start gearing up for a couple of extra meals every day. So anyway, uh, they do rec- polit- good politicians do recognize the power in the senior vote. Uh, our challenge is to to uh, remind them of it and remind them of it frequently. Yep. Um, Marcy Stork and I are putting on the program that I mentioned, Old West Favorites, and so we went to the city to uh, uh, suggest we talk to them and see if they would waive the rental fee for us, and they did, and they all voted 100%. Not great. <laughs> okay, your question, lady. My name is Doreen Benzi. Um, I used to be on the board of the LSCO, and at that time, the LSCO was paying an exorbitant rent to the city for that building, which the LSCO made uh, several improvements on the building and built on, and uh, at the expense of the senior center. Now, what are you paying now? I noticed he uh, sort, of, sort of avoided the issue of what the rent is for that building. Um, and I, I guess my perspective is different. I think we have a great lease with the city. Pardon me? I think we have actually a really reasonable lease. Our lease is, um, I think this year it's $132,000. Now, people are going, oh, my God, that's a lot of money. Well, it's really not. We're talking with costs with well, Randy, and his, his costs are around $900 a day. Something like that. Ours are about six, for just for facility costs. That pays our rent. That that pays for the maintenance staff. That pays for large capital improvements that need to happen. Our roof caves in. They fix it. But our didn't you units, tell us that uh, the Kirkin Center sell, uh, sold their building to them for one dollar? Well, they rent it for a dollar. Rent yeah. it for a dollar a year. Yeah. Kirby Center in Calgary rent their yes. building. I know they, what you're speaking yeah. of. But if they can do it in Calgary, why can't they do it in Lethbridge? Well, you know, we ask for it. Well, we love everything for free, right? No, I don't expect it to be free. But I think that's just horrible that they're making you pay that amount when you do all these improvements for it. And the more improvements improvements you make, the more it costs you. Um, Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Okay. Uh, Can I... Can I address that uh, question? I know I'm, I'm kind of an outsider to this issue, but Norbridge Senior Center, I, I think our approach has been more sound because when we make the capital investment, we own the capital investment. Unfortunately, a few years ago, LSCO spent lots of money, and uh, they still have no equity in, in, in their facility to, to, to uh, prove what they've spent, and, and, and it's tragic that's happened. So anyway, that's the way it is. Uh, I think you've got to work forward, and, and to go backwards is going to be difficult to do. Well, gee, the time is marching on and all that, and uh, just reminded that time is up. So you, one last question, please, sir. My name is Henning Mundell, and I just want to make a follow-up comment on the suggestion of the research. Um, while you mention about the... Um, provincial group trying to uh, self-fund some of this research. As a retired researcher, I want to make a suggestion, try to follow up that gentleman's suggestion about in- involving the university because 
your research would always be deemed in terms of a peer review as a self-interest one. Enlightened self-interest by self-interest, it's perhaps much better to get an outside group to, to be involved in that research and generate those data. And there's, there's been some studies done, sorry, there's been some, uh, some other research done in the States and we just wanted to, to do, have a more local flare, like an Alberta-based flare. Um, there's probably five or six um, um, studies that I've read that, that give us some information that we, that we want to share with, um, with, with everybody, but I think having a local touch will just enhance that, that data. Okay, um, that brings to a close. I want to thank you two guys for the excellent job of answering the questions. And again, I wanted to thank each and every one for coming. Coot uh, tells me this is better than average for a turnout and uh, uh, lots of good questions. So I really appreciate that and uh, see you at the next SACPA. Thank you.